Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Put Me Your Podcast, episode 95. I am your host, Andrew Gomez, a.k.a. The Mez, joined today by my lovely, wonderful, beautiful co-host to my right. He is the 10th wonder of the world, the puncher of walls himself, super dick party himself, Richard Garcia. Hey, hey, everyone. Happy, happy, happy leap day. Oh, it's a leap day. I forget yes, about this. Yes, we are recording on a leap day, February 29th, to be exact. We'll see you in four years. See you in four years. Uh, thanks for coming. Uh, adding a little extra bonus content Absolutely. to 2020. Absolutely. You know, and um, today is going to be Saturday. It's going to be uh, AW Revolution, probably the first uh, pay-per-view on a leap day uh, in a long time. I can't remember the last one. They could they should have called it Super Leap Day. Ah, I see what you did you right know. there. Uh, a lot to get into. Like Dick said, we are, we are recording this um, like an hour before AEW Revolution kicks off. Uh, pretty excited for this show. We've, it's already ordered. Uh, we just need to finish this podcast and sit down and watch it. Um, but we got a lot to get into today, guys. Um, a lot happened at Super Showdown. Well, not a lot happened, but a lot happened, if that makes any sense, uh, that we got to get into. Uh, Raw, SmackDown, we're pretty much um, reruns of what they've been doing the past few weeks. So we, we could have said it better. We can talk about that a little bit, but honestly, not much is going on. Um, I think them having two pay-per-views leading up to WrestleMania really kills the umph of WrestleMania. Uh, but we'll get into our thoughts on that in a little bit. Uh, but before we get into anything, let's get into the not the news. Or let's get into <laughs> our sponsors for go. the week. Give it up to lapelia.com. If you're in the market for some wrestling merchandise, look no further. Go to lapelia.com. Use our promo code PUTMEOVER. And in turn, that website will put you over. And you get 20% off your entire order. Uh, they got pins, stickers, T-shirts, hoodies, uh, a lot of cool shit going on over there. So make sure you go check out lapelia. Turn on the notifications if you go to their Instagram, too, because they're always dropping hot stuff. Um, well before they're, it's announced anywhere, it's announced first on their Instagram. So make sure you go check them out. Also, make sure you go check out our friends at grudgematchbrand.com and grudgematchapparel on Instagram. Uh, they're they're going to be having a lot of cool stuff coming out, like I said before, and I do every week. Uh, they just dropped their Manu Suzuki Slayer mashup t-shirt, which came out awesome. Uh, they're going to be dropping a new Bret Hart shirt, too, which I'm, I've already pre-ordered. Um, so make sure you go check them out at Grudge Match Brand on Instagram. Turn on the notifications to stay up to date on all their latest drops. And also, if you're in the market for some Put Me Over merchandise, go to our website, putmeover.com, and use our promo code Kofi Forever. That's Kofi, the number four, and ever. And you'll get 20% off your entire order there. Get a t-shirt with my face on it. I'll love you forever. Um, and we'll, we'll give you a special shout out on the show. Ah, all the plugs out of the way. Um, like we said, guys, a lot to get into. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get into the news. Uh, I don't think there's a lot, but let's let's talk about what we could dig up in our Dick's Dirty News segment. Let's go. What? Take it away, Dick. I like that transition right there, as yeah. always. Um, just some small things we want to talk about real quick. Uh, Lance Archer, um, it's it's now confirmed that he's officially all in with the uh, AEW. He is all elite now. He's all elite now. Uh, that's a huge signing. That's a huge sign for him. And I think a lot of it had to do with his uh, breakaway um, stint when he, uh, during the G1 last year. He was definitely a surprise for me. He, he did awesome, not only in that tournament, but he was also the Intercontinental Champion. He was the IC Champion for a little bit, I believe. And he was also uh, a tag champion as well. And plus, he was also in Suzuki Goon. 
So he probably learned a lot from Manure Suzuki himself. Yeah, so that's that's awesome for him. That's awesome for all elite. I feel like if they miss out on Killer Cross, they need to at least lock down Lance Archer. Archer. So that's a huge signing for them because they they need bigger guys like him. Yeah, absolutely. So um, having him in there, and then you you, you want to and you have Luchasaurus as well. I was um, gonna say if if you don't know who Lance Archer is, just look at Luchasaurus. They're kind of the same guy, more or less. Yeah, they, they can they can do high flying stuff if they need to. Uh, a lot of striking. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for a non-dinosaur version of a wrestler, go check out Lance Archer. That's actually a pretty good analogy right there. Yeah, it is. I, I didn't really think about that. So, um, good signing for them. Uh, Lance Archer, I think she should be very helpful to that roster as well. Um, but yeah, like we said, we, they definitely, there's one thing they are missing. They are missing some big guys. Hopefully down the, hopefully, um, you know, they also got Jeff Cobb as well. Pick up a couple others. I think their roster start, is starting to fill in very nicely. So is Jeff Cobb's going to be wrestling in ROH, like pretty much wherever he wants? Speaking of Jeff Cobb, yeah, we didn't mention this. Um, he he has a, 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 a contract with AEW as well, but he's also obligated to wrestle with Ring of Honor and keep his New Japan booking. So he, he's a pretty much a freelancer. He's got a freelance contract. So he'll come in whenever he's needed. Freelance Archer contract. There you go. So <laughs> it, it's work. It works out for him perfectly, and and him being kind of like the hired gun for um, the inner circle is perfect for him. Yeah, I mean that's 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 always good to see fresh faces pop up here and there. Um, also, another thing I want to talk about, guys. Last week uh, we recorded a show, but you know it just didn't hit the standards that I think the Put Me Over podcast needs. We're both really busy guys. Uh, scheduling kind of made us rush a show, and I didn't want to put out a show that felt rushed. You know what I mean? Um, it was under an hour, so and we had a lot to talk about. So I just want to apologize off apologize off the top of the show uh, for anyone that missed out on last week's show. Don't worry, we didn't put it out. Um, so this is now the official, the only episode ninety five. Maybe maybe <laughs> we'll do like a lost taping and we'll put that up there. I mean, it's I have it. It's in the vault, so uh, it's not really lost. But you know what I mean. It's not a lost episode, uh, but it's yeah. Anyways. No, I don't need to. Don't need to apologize, dude. But I just feel like we did a disservice to our fans last week. It's all right. Well. It's okay though. They forgive us. They they love us. I so hope they love us too. Imagine much. they don't like fuck these guys. You know, the backlash, the great <laughs> put me over backlash of 2020. It oh, was leap year oh, that day. That leap day, fucking <laughs> motherfuckers. This dude. goddamn smart weather is getting to me. Already. <laughs> um, but since we um since we talked about last week and we didn't really get a chance to air it, let's talk about the Hall of Fame inductions. Yeah. So it seems like uh, for the WB Hall of Fame for this year, it's starting to round out more and more. Um, officially, the NWO and Batista are the headliners. Cool. Uh, the Bella Twins. Yeah. So we got them. Um, the British Bulldog. Is that official? That is uh, more than likely going to happen in the next. It's going to be coming up real soon. That's huge. So that's that going to be a, that's going to be a huge announcement as well. And um, and, and I believe also for the um, international entry, you got Yushin Thunder Liger, another huge one. That's another huge one as well. And which what else are we missing? Um, I mean, we we hit the international. Yeah. Uh, the NWO. I mean, I think that that should be. We got it, the female right? one. We I got mean, the female. Yeah. Um, I guess Jushin is like the ethnic. There's usually one like ethnic person, uh, either a Mexican star, Puerto Rican star, a black star. Um, I don't know if they've announced that this year. I don't know yet. I'm not sure either. But um, it seems like that like uh, the, the Hall of Fame is definitely fast becoming fully fully integrated as far as who we know. Um, I think it's a good lineup so far this year. But again, um, there's no Owen Hart, and it just frustrates me to no end that they should have all gone in last year. They should have all gone in as a faction, as a tag team. 
Yeah, I mean, that might be the the closest we get to Owen Hart getting in the Hall of Fame at at the moment. Yeah. So is Davy Boy a two time Hall of Famer now? No, I think. Oh no, it was just. I'm sorry, I'm confusing everything. Hart Foundation was just Owen and our. Yeah, just it's just, it's just and, the tag team. And, and, the tag team uh, last year went in where it should have been the faction. The it Hart Foundation. It should have been faction. the '97 faction with Pillman. Yes, absolutely. Um, to me, probably probably one of the most underrated factions of all time. I mean, look what they did during the Attitude Era. It was them versus DX, them versus basically the entire country of the United States of America. Um, they would get booed here, but cheered out of their minds uh, whenever they went to Canada. I, li- I I was a big Heart Foundation mark, so um, yeah. British Bulldog being included in the Hall of Fame is huge. I hope his son, um, Davy Boy Smith Jr. Uh, is it, no, it's not Davy Boy Smith Jr. It's Harry. Harry it's Harry Smith. Smith. Uh, but he does go by David Boyd uh, Smith Jr. while wrestling. And he did that when he was in New Japan. Um, I think more than likely it'll probably end up being him that's going to be in, uh, uh, probably giving the speech for him. Former WWE superstar. So I would say I would say him, but um, and Brett probably inducting him. I, I can't think of any yeah. better person other than Bret Hart. Yeah. But um, it it is um well deserved. Well deserved. Uh, Bella Twins being in, I mean they were going to get in eventually. I, they they really didn't do too much for me while they were wrestling. It, it doesn't like, it doesn't surprise me. I feel like Nikki got better towards the end, uh, and Brie kind of just was, you know, there. I'm sure Daniel Bryan tried to help her out a little bit. Uh, absolutely. And another rumored induction uh, going to be this year. I think this might be the final one. Is going to be JBL. JBL. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I guess considering that he started off as like. Bradshaw, or not Brad, even before that. Justin he, Hawk Bradshaw? Yeah, he came with like a cowbell on a rope, uh, like a, I guess, a rancher. <laughs> pretty pretty much just like a cowboy, and then um, he was also part of the new Blackjacks with uh, with Barry Windham. Yeah, at, um, at I remember the, the new early part of the Attitude Era. So it, it, he really didn't really have, found his niche really until he hooked up with Ron Simmons, and when they became the Acolytes, that's yeah. where they really became on their own. And then um, APA. APA. I mean, especially after that, because they were they were part of the Undertaker's um, minions. Yes, they were part of the corporate ministry. Ministry of Darkness. And um, the fact that they were able to still be tagged, teamed up together and then still be successful, even more successful after that, is a testament to how that tag team was and how WWE trusted both those guys. And then you, you, you go into when he, the Ruthless Aggression era when he was feuding with Eddie Guerrero and John Cena. Uh, he was the world champ, um, and for he, ten months he was getting booed out of the building every night. Such a good heel character, I thought. Uh, especially, you know, no one likes a, a pompous asshole with a lot of money, and he definitely was that. He absolutely was. He they, he was able to transform himself from um, pretty much a cowboy into well, when he was uh, Bradshaw, pretty much like an acolyte into a rich Texan that you just really wanted to punch in the face, and then he. He pissed off a lot of people. He knew how to get under people's skin. He still does. He still does to this <laughs> day. Because um, especially you, whenever I thought of Bradshaw, I, I pictured a guy with a black mustache and long black hair. Right. Um, and then he went clean shaven and kind of just had like a, not slick back hair, but like, I guess, um, styled hair. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a weird hair. It was a white man hairstyle. Ab- absolutely. White. Uh, it, was, it was a dad hair. It was a John style. It was a John yeah. cut. Uh, so he uh, he did that, and you know, good good for him for reinventing himself a few times. Not Jericho level, but uh, Def- definitely not. But that did help him quite a bit. Yeah, I'm okay with with. Uh, I'm, with o- I'm okay with it. 
Um, if you, I was gonna talk. I was gonna talk about this too. Sorry, uh, the ruthless aggression era um, documentary documentary on the network. Uh, I, I don't know how many parts it is. I think they're on part three. Uh, how go check it out. How is it? Is it, is it worth? It's good, especially because during the ruthless aggression era, I kind of wasn't following wrestling very closely. Uh, so this is kind of keep me in the loop with everything. Um, they I think the first episode was, you know, Vince, you know, being done with the attitude era and trying to find new superstars. Um, and then they talk about like the emergence of John Cena. Uh, so definitely go take it. Take a good look at it. I think it, I think it's be well worth it. Definitely will check it out. And yeah, like the discretion era. I mean, I think a lot of people weren't um, they weren't following wrestling that bad. That's when the decline had hit. Especially after 2001, that's when fans just started turning away from the product. And like you mentioned, they were trying to make new stars. And it, they, they did have some success. You had your Eddie Guerrero's, you had your Edges, you had your John Cena's, your Batista's. Um, it was it was a definitely a different era back Chris then. Benoit's. Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit that will never ever be mentioned again. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that's just that's just the that's just a harsh reality. Um, it, it definitely was its own different era, um, and it always gets compared to the Attitude Era. Yeah, I mean they they were totally different. There were two different eras, absolutely. Um, there was some some little um, what what do you call it? similarities? Similarities. There you go. Thank you. Um, and I don't know. I it was it was cool. It it was cool. I unfortunately I had uh, a band in high school and things like that going on. I was more into partying, I think, back then. Then than wrestling. I I, 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 I kind of still am into partying a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> no, nothing wrong with that. Um, I yeah, I I just think like uh, me personally at that time, I think that's when I was starting to grow out of that wrestling phase. I wanted to, um, like like go out and do stuff, partying, hanging out, um, well, just trying to get away from wrestling. And plus, and wrestling wasn't cool. It was anymore. No. So especially for for our age range, um, wrestling wasn't cool. Uh, where it is now, I feel like you it's cool again. Uh, but before that, uh, if you watched wrestling, you were kind of a weirdo, right? And you know, in, funny that you mentioned that. I was talking to a few people about um, where they stopped watching wrestling, and I, and I've gotten a few response. Actually, they're all gotten the same response. You know what it was? What? The night Stone Cold had turned healed. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That's when I think I I think I might have I fell out once Shawn Michaels uh, retired or not retired, but uh, took his uh, long hiatus. Um, not till he got back with DX is when I kind of came back. What year was that? Two thousand one, maybe. I think oh, when he first when he first came back from his uh, hiatus, right? Yes. Oh, okay, yes. that was two thousand two. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, then yeah, where he where he teamed up with Triple H for a day, and then Triple H stabbed him in the back, and then we got the the street fight at that's right. SummerSlam. Yes. Okay, now I remember. Um, but yeah, that's it was hard for them to transition from the highs of the Attitude Era, and they had there were definitely some lows during the Ruthless Aggression Era, but there were some highs as well. I'm definitely gonna check out the documentary and kind of get like a refresher of that era. Yeah, it it takes you back for sure. Uh, what else we got, Dick? Pretty much. I mean, um, let's let's talk about Sh- Saudi shit show. <laughs> I love that name. Uh, that's exactly what it was. Not really much happened. It was your classic WWE house show, classic Saudi show that they put on uh, from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Um, and you know there was a title change with the Miz and Morrison beating the New Day. I, I could have predicted that because you know the New Day have kind of held it and re- not really done anything with it with the title. Right. If they were going to do a title change, I think that was appropriate. That would that, that was my my mentality as well. It was an appropriate time to change the title. 
So, um, so I'm, yeah, I was like, okay, that, okay that's cool. Uh, the sh- the show had the uh, Tawik, Tawik, I don't know how to say Tawiki. this. Tawiki Trophy Gauntlet match. It had uh, R-Truth, Rey Mysterio, Andrade, Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and uh, Luke Harper. Not Luke Harper. The other one. Eric Rowan. Eric Rowan. Um, this was kind of a... They had R-Truth kind of winning the whole thing. I thought he was going to go all the way uh, because this Tawiki, uh prestigious trophy that just got announced last week um, was very prestigious and everyone wanted it, uh, or so they made you think. Um, R-Truth got up some lucky victories in the beginning uh, just for, was it Lashley to come up and pick, pick the scraps? Basically, it came down to AJ Styles uh, beating up uh, Mysterio before he was pulled. So Mysterio actually got a pretty good payday just to go out there. Just to go out there, that's right. He didn't even wrestle in the match. Uh, got beat up backstage by the OC. Then you see the feet of the Undertaker while the OC is laid out. You get the Undertaker. Is this how they're going to start the AJ Undertaker feud over yes. this prestigious trophy that has only existed for less than a month? Um, AJ, AJ Styles, you know, Undertaker gets his ant- entrance. AJ Styles takes a, a really bad looking choke slam. I don't need to see the Undertaker anymore. I I I would usually mark out like, oh my god, it's it's still the Undertaker. Regardless, it's right. still the Undertaker. Is the entrance is great in ring. I, I don't need to see Undertaker anymore. I don't even think AJ can put a good match on for the Undertaker at this point. He's uh he's in his he's in, he's getting up there in age, and um not only that, it's also the miles. He's the Undertaker. His body is just he's put a lot of mileage on that body, which yeah. is not helping him. There's not a lot of tread left on those there's, tires. There's definitely not. Um, but if they want to do one more Undertaker match. And I think out of everyone on that roster, AJ Styles would pot would be the best guy to give him that match. I'd say maybe him and Daniel Bryan. Yeah. But it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be very, very, very difficult. And uh like you mentioned with the tag match with the uh, Miz and Morrison beating New Day for the SmackDown tag title, no surprise, right? No surprise there. New Day's had it for long enough. It's uh time to get some new teams involved with getting them getting them over, trying to get them over. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Garza defeated Humberto Creole. I was kind of surprised by that because I thought they were going to do some 50-50 booking for that for, for that match. Yeah, I mean, if you got Andrade coming back, um, I'm hearing from any other teasing like a, a fatal four-way between all their Mexican guys, all the Mexicans at one time. Oh, God. Um, or maybe a tag match, you know, between uh, Ray and Humberto versus Andrade and Garza. That sounds like pre-show fodder uh, for me, for Mania. I mean... I'm intrigued to see where they're going. I mean, I, I think we get we got an idea of as far as how, where they're going with Angel Garza. I think the end world is absolutely going to be with Andrade, and they will they will have an amazing match. I'm, oh, that match would be awesome! It would be awesome. I just don't trust how they're, they're going to get there, though. I mean, I'm I'm not giving WWE the benefit of the doubt anymore. Um, they've burned it way too many times. But if they can if they can pull it off somehow to get them to that match, then that should be a fun match. Um, but Let's, and the one let's hand, have a lawnmower on a oh, pole match. God damn it! No pinata <laughs> on a pole. Do not cop. Do not oh, do that. No. I got it. The Mexicans in a great wall match. First team over the other side of the wall wins. Oh Jesus Christ, dude! He Donald got, Trump, twenty twenty. He <laughs> he got he definitely got that from Russo. <laughs> he was talking to Vince Russo one too many times. Yeah, I should, that, that might be a good match. First, first, first Mexican over the wall wins. A one-way trip back to Mexico. 
That's uh, that's called. I think that's called the reverse battle royal in TNA. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus Christ, dude. Uh, Murphy and Rollins, uh, Buddy Murphy, is they're not gonna let you know this, but his name is Buddy Murphy versus, uh, the Street Profits. Uh, they win. Uh, Murphy and Rollins. It was a fine. It was a no, it was whatever it was fine. match. It was fine. It, the right the right team won. I felt like. Um, Mansoor versus Dolph Ziggler. You know, I heard the only the only thing that can beat a Mansoor is penicillin. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So if you if you know a Mansoor, um, just put some penicillin on it; it'll go away. <laughs> Heyo. Uh, but one thing that will not stop Mansoor is being in Saudi Arabia. Uh, they 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 have his one match of the year, and he wins every one. Um, he he can do he can do more than that though. Um, he, he's obviously he's been in, in NXT, but he doesn't have the same oomph. They don't get behind him. No, nowhere, nowhere near that. They don't get many mic time. Um, I think he could do good in NXT. Uh, but for one night, it is Mansoor mania. Ugh, and only in only in Saudi Arabia. And Ziggler's gonna bump his ass off for him too. Yeah, he this match was all this match was was just there. Um, yeah, I don't think it was as good as the one with Cesaro uh, last turnaround. Um, Mansoor, the thing about him is. He he's actually pretty charismatic. He's he he's actually a pretty talented guy in the ring. They just they just see him there exclusively for Saudi Arabia just to get that fan base going. And yeah. I, I I even think that the, that they're starting to catch on and realize, hey, <laughs> this is pandering. This is pandering. Like, what is this all you got? Like, I think the fans are quickly catching on. Um, Lesnar squash ricochet. That's that's no surprise right well, there. Let's not just rush over this. We got to talk about the buildup going into this uh, on SmackDown. They they put. Hi- Ricochet against Luke Gallows. On so, Raw. Or on Yeah, on Raw. No, no. Yeah, on Raw. So they put Luke Gallows over Ricochet to kind of show that Ricochet can win over a big guy. Made him look dominant. Great. Before the match, they run this hype video about how no one thinks I'm going to beat Brock Lesnar because I'm a small guy. Well, I'm going to show them and I'm going to show the world I'm going to be the next Universal Champion. Uh, the match starts and Brock Lesnar pretty much gives him an F5 and that's the end of the match. See the problem with that though is no matter no matter the hype package they try to give for Ricochet, they already told everyone that the match is going to be Drew um, Drew, um, Drew Drew McIntyre Ma- versus Gulak. I was gonna say almost Gallows uh, Drew his old uh, indie <laughs> name Drew Galloway, um, Luke, uh, Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar. Yeah, we've already been we've told already been told happen. that that's what's going to happen. See, that's the problem right there is that they've already told us in advance. I'm going to cash in. I'm going to face Brock at WrestleMania. Ricochet was just there. He was just cannon fodder. He was just there just to be fed to the beast. But why run? Because before the match started, they ran like a big hype video for Ricochet about how he has a, like a fighting chance and he can he's going to overcome the odds. And, you know, don't count me out just yet. Um, I would have liked a more uh, back and forth match. I would have liked a little bit of a little offense bit of offense of in there, at least. At but least give 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 me some hope, because now you just told me. Rock, uh, Ricochet is a loser. He's he, he's not on Brock Lesnar's level. Right. Which, you know they they effectively squashed Ricochet this night, and I don't know how you fuck up Ricochet, but they they managed to do it. WWE they found a way somehow. Um, <laughs> it's like that that video on uh, Bob's Burgers where he's teaching Tina how to drive in an empty parking lot, and she can go any direction yes. she wants to, but instead she drives right into a light pole. That is a lot of WWE's booking decisions. Exactly. Um, and yeah, that, and that's how like we ask ourselves how can they fuck up this character. Another another comes to mind is Bailey. How can you fuck <laughs> up the Bailey character? In NXT, she was she was so over. It was working for her. Yeah. But once she made the transition over to the main roster, it just did not work for whatever reason. 
Because Vince doesn't believe in it. Vince doesn't believe in it. And I'm sure at this point, probably Bailey doesn't believe in it either. And when you create that doubt, you don't have that confidence anymore. Corbin versus Reigns for the thousandth time. Uh, Reigns wins, LOL. For some reason, he brought his own lock. He doesn't want Corbin getting out of the cage. So he brought his own lock, um, and he held on to the key for the whole time. You would think he would give it to a referee or someone, but no, he's like, I'm going to put it in my pocket so I know where it's at. Um, the, I, I really hope to God this is it right here, but knowing WWE, they're probably going to squeeze one more match out of him. At some random SmackDown, right? At some random SmackDown. They yeah. probably advertise that this will never happen again. Bullshit. I'm sure they will wrestle one more time. They have to, at least before the road to WrestleMania. Bailey versus Naomi. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't. Maybe they, these two just don't work good together, but this match was not good at all. They gave them... Uh, they gave him way too much way time. Way too much time, yeah. Um, and Naomi looked pretty lost out there a lot of times, a lot of botched spots. Uh, maybe because they're not used to wrestling in like bodysuits and t-shirts, uh, which is funny because Bailey actually used the t-shirt to her advantage at the end of the match. To hit her with a new finisher? Or ba- not really a new finisher, but... Basically, it looked like a curb stomp, right? <sighs> it kinda... She had her feet kind of tangled up, and then she grabbed both of her arms and then drove her down with her foot, right? Kind of, you know what it kind of looked like. Remember, um, Dean Ambrose's old version of the Dirty Deeds. Yes, that's yeah. I think it looked more, kind of, a little bit more like that. I I loved that, especially when he gave it to Kofi because Kofi would do a headstand. Oh, he would sell the shit out of that. Um, not a fan of this match. Not a fan of this match, but I understand why they went on for for that length of time. It was about eleven plus minutes to to show everyone, hey, women are wrestling in Saudi Arabia. Let's um let's give them the, the the time for it, which is fine. I'm 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 totally fine with that with what they were doing. It's understandable. It just was um it just it was just it didn't do anything for me, unfortunately. Um, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, let's I mean let's talk about what what really. Happened. That's really yes. The burial of Bray Wyatt has started. Um, and I you know I I say that jokingly, but really um they painted themselves into a corner when they put the title on Bray Wyatt to begin with. Um, and now we found out he was just a placeholder the whole time for the for the uh, world title, um, so we can get Goldberg and Reigns. Um, I don't know if they thought about that in the beginning, but this is where we're at now. Uh, Bray Wyatt is pretty much got a mandible claw twice uh, during the course of this match that uh-huh. lasted maybe five minutes, maybe maybe less than five minutes. Oh, dude, it was more like five seconds. Like this match it did not even, it was barely three minutes long. This was a short match. Bray Wyatt got more offense than Ricochet and that's He says, did. That says he, a no, lot. No, he did. He absolutely did. Because uh, for a second, Goldberg was selling a mandible claw pretty good. Um, but four, five spears later and one shitty looking jackhammer later and Goldberg leaves Saudi Arabia. Maybe maybe just Bray Wyatt doesn't have the, the powers in Saudi Arabia that he has in the United States. So pretty much his powers is only confined to the United <laughs> States. Something because this this was this was really bad. This was not a good look for creative, not a good look for what they believe in for their uh, future talent. Bray Bray Wyatt, like we said, didn't need the title, but they gave it to him. Absolutely anyways. not. So now let's where are we going to go now? There's only one place to go now, and that's down. And that's where we're seeing his trajectory. They um like like you said like when we've said this before there was no need to put the title on Bray Wyatt he didn't have to need it he was already like you want to build him up right there 
the the problem that they did was that they um they didn't they were changing back and forth as far as um the matches for WrestleMania goes. Uh, Dave Meltzer did write it in the Observer and also on Observer Radio uh, mentioned about like there was no set plans for SmackDown side, and originally it was rumored to be um, Roman Reigns versus the Fiend and John Cena versus um, Elias. That's what I thought we were gonna get. That was the original plan. However, um. It seems like at the last minute, and basically it was because of the show, that there's going to be some major changes. And I think a lot of it had to do with um, the speculation that the WWE may end up using ESPN Plus as a platform to show this year's WrestleMania. And what's going to get ESPN to bite? Having the title on a person that they know, which is Goldberg. And I don't think it's it was ESPN that did that. It was I think it was, it was definitely Vince, because Vince was thinking, like, we got to get the we got to get the big names on there because we got to get people buying it on the app itself. Like, how do you get people from... No, that that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. How you do, have to get people... How do you get that? Like, you how need do you name go, recognition. How do you go from training your, fa- your fan base to $10 for WrestleMania on the network, and how are you going to convert them over to watching it on a different app for $60, $70-plus? I mean, it looks like it might be, like, at least $70 for that. For me, it did the opposite. For me, it made me want to pay less for the network. I can see why, and people are just like the network numbers are declining. Let's let's not let's not cut let's not let's not bullshit that. They've been declining. They're they should be hitting two million um, members. They're not even close to that. SmackDown's first week they had four million. They had four million, and they've been declining ever since. There is there is an erosion with the audience. That is not to anyone's surprise. But it's not the fault of the wrestler. It's the fault of Vince and the powers that be that want to book these shows the way that they're booking them. Right. You look at AEW and you compare that to WWE. It's night and day. I'm excited to watch Dynamite every week. I I'm I'm not on my phone. Rightfully the whole so. Um, but you know, you you sit me in front of Raw and I. It's just a lot of like pandering, a lot of rematches, no stories being told. It's all just kind of a time waste. They're for them to get more commercials. I've noticed more commercials on WWE programming than ever. Have you noticed that? Yeah, because that's where they get most of their money from is from ad revenue. And that's, that's why. Why do you think they don't want to get rid of that third hour, even though the fans are saying get rid of that third hour ad revenue? They're getting more ad money from that third hour than they would with just two hours. Yeah, but I'm talking about during matches. There, there's a lot more commercial segments. I think during the Carrillo and and Garza match, there was like three three ad breaks during that match. Like full ad breaks, right? Yes. Oh, because um, they're making more money. They get more ad, they get more money off the ad revenue, and that just kills every match for me every single time. Because I know a dive at the outside and raw rolls on after this, you know. Um, anyways, no, that's 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 the reason. That's exactly the reason why they they had that third hour. They have more commercial breaks to get that ad revenue. But you look and, and looking at this match again, four spears and a shitty jackhammer, like you mentioned. The fiend was built up. Seth Rollins, it took 13 curb stomps, <laughs> and he still didn't kick. He still didn't get defeated. Was kicking out at one. Was kicking out at one. Daniel Bryan put on a valiant fight, and, and that was by far the best Fiend match was with Daniel Bryan. Yes. But to no avail. Goldberg, like, he just went in there. He was not afraid of the Fiend. Pretty much made everyone in the, in the current roster look like pussies. How bad did Seth Rollins look? Yeah. He went from being the universal champion before <laughs> that, being the top guy on Raw, and now he's in the middle of a tag team feud with um, the Street Profits, and they were 
they they're in the middle of the card. We haven't said our we haven't hit our quote yet. Monday night Messiah, 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 Monday night Messiah. We're still like thirty short of our quota for, oh, the, for the night. Well, we'll get there. We'll right? try. We're we'll, gonna we'll, try. We're gonna try our damnest. Monday night Messiah. So <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get there eventually. Now, the, now on SmackDown, when SmackDown was on the next day, it's pretty much confirmed that it's going to be um, Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. And when we watched the opening segment, and the backlash that Goldberg is getting was just—he was getting booed out of the building before I even talked to the mic. And we just jump around on the show because Saudi kind of fucked up the flow of it. It did absolutely. It did. Um, so we'll bounce around a little bit. Uh, Goldberg came out to to booze, and I don't think they're really booing him. They're booing the fact that he's the champion. Uh, Roman Reigns comes out, and he basically says, I'm next, uh, which is weird because I don't know how he earned a title shot. I guess if you beat Baron Corbin enough, you get a title shot. Is that I'm, how I'm that works? I'm assuming that's how it works. Um, unless they, I mean, they should have announced it at the show, at, at Saudi Showdown if that was going to be the case to have the winner of that match become the number one contender at WrestleMania. Something. Even though WrestleMania is not going to happen for another six weeks. Uh, and this is the problem with having two pay-per-views on the way to WrestleMania. You you really fuck up a lot of your storytelling. It was nice seeing someone win the Rumble and then just feud for two, three months going into you, WrestleMania. You build it up for that for that match. Because then when, you f- when, when the babyface finally gets their hands on the heel that's either the champion or that's chasing them, the payoff for that match, you know, it's 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 uh, palpable. You know, there's something that people Absolutely. can sink their teeth into. Now you have so much interactions, you have so much t- TV time to fill. By the time WrestleMania comes, just like okay, I know WrestleMania is a big deal because it is a big deal, but it doesn't. They're just looking for moments. They're not going for full stories. They're not going for long-term storytelling. They're going for moments. They're going for moments where they can pose with the fireworks behind them, and then we think, oh wow, that that person did such a good job. Um, I don't know, but there, but no explanation as far as how they got there. No, and I think that's what that sort of problem is with a lot of the uh, a lot of the storylines leading up to WrestleMania was how did they get there, like what made it so memorable instead of just getting that moment and etching it in. I mean, of course you want to etch it into stone forever, but how do you get there? How does how do a great all great stories lead up to like the great endings lead up to from a great story? You want to build up a story of how they got there. And I, that's definitely a problem that a lot of um, these storylines have. Look at Avengers. They, it took them 10 years to tell that story. And by the time the Endgame movie came out, people were like, oh, what a fucking great series. Like, that was so yes. great. It took them 10 years to get to that point where the big bad finally gets taken out by the rest of the and, Avengers. And that's why I call bullshit on um, a, a lot of it saying, well, the fans want instant gratification. Fans want instant gratification. Yes, I think there is an argument, some argument to be said about that. But when it comes to storyline booking... You can absolutely do a long-term storyline and be able to pull it off. But when you have too many shows on at the same time, and this is what happens when you have shows on like multiple times a week, you may not be able to do that. But this is why you don't keep you 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 switch it out every so often. You don't have them doing 50-50 matches every week or every show. <laughs> yeah, there's no point for that. You don't have to do that. You switch it up a little bit. You you try to give variety. Look at Moxley and Jericho. That feud's been going on for for months. It has. And they've told a great story going into this. Look at Cody and MJF. Another story that's been going on for months. I'm excited for tonight's revolution because we're going to pay off finally to these 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 stories that have been told for on the for months. It's been it's been great. It's been great storytelling. Um the way that they've done it, I mean, yes, they, they have the benefit of the doubt. It's only on once a week, but so is Raw. Raw's on once a week. SmackDown's mm-hmm. on once a week. Um they don't have monthly pay per views. That's that's fine. Um but 
they're still able to do it with the TV. When when you have like three hours to fill every week or on Mondays and two hours on Fridays, it's difficult. You don't need to be showing the same um, people over and over again. This is what happens when you have a split roster. You can't utilize them to the full potential. Exactly. Um, what, what what else we got to talk about? What ha- Anything good happened on NXT? Raw was literally... The same show that they've had for two last week for it sure. It was pretty much the go. It was the go home show to uh, the Saudi show. Yeah, but I mean, I'm saying it was just a rerun. There was a lot of the same matches happened last week on Raw, and the week before that, same matches. Uh, we had Aleister Black versus Rowan for like the third time now. Um, I don't so know. Raw to me was uh, Raw to me was just was just it was not a it was it was it was just not there. Raw is waste. It was it was a waste, which is which is unfortunate because they were doing so well. On With this very podcast, we we sang the praises of how yes. good Raw was, um, and they've just gone back to they they ran out of gas. I guess I don't know. It's just um, I I think with, with where Paul Heyman's at right now because Paul Heyman does get he does res- as as much as we criticize him and praise him, um, he his situation is that he's taking two steps forward but four steps back. At the end of the day, we all know that it's whatever Vince wants to do. Vince has to give it the green light. Yeah. But we you would s- think XFL would kind of take up some of Vince's time, but I don't think I don't think so. I don't think it's happening. I mean, Vince. I think Vince is smart enough to realize leave it to the football people for the XFL. Yeah, and that's what he's doing. And maybe now he's focusing more on WWE right now since he doesn't. He, since maybe his original thought was focusing on the XFL, and now he doesn't have to. That he's going to try to dip his hands into the product, and it's it's just it's just it, he doesn't need to do that. You know, he needs to. He has to be as a CEO, hire the best people for the position instead of dipping his hands into everything. He does not need to do that. Yeah, let's talk about NXT now. Um, I miss NXT this week. What did you think of the show, Dick? Uh, NXT was fine. Uh, Dijakovic versus Cameron Grimes was a was a great match. That sounds with. a really good match. It was a good match. Um, Cameron Grimes, you know, we've seen him as Trevor Lee in PWG. Um, great in ring talent. The the character, on the other hand, it, it, it's uh. It, uh, not a fan of the character, but a fan of his, his in-ring work. Da-na-na-na. Oh God! Da-na-na-na. And uh, from what you've heard, just heard two seconds ago, it was a great matchup until um, Damian Priest had to involve and um, interfere and cost Dijakovic the loss, getting Cameron Grimes with the victory. Uh, it looks like they're setting up a, a Cameron. Gra- I mean, I'm sorry, a Dijakovic um, Damian Priest match. Okay, I can see that being okay. So it doesn't look like that he's going to get his immediate rematch with Keith Lee, which is fine. Um, I don't, I don't need to see that match again for a while, at least not immediately. Yeah, did, did they feuded for a little bit, right? Uh, Priest and Dijakovic. I don't. I'm not sure. I don't think they. It's going to be just two big tall guys. It's going to be two big it. tall guys going at it. So um, they're both good in the ring. I don't know how their chemistry is going to be, but we'll see. Um. Oh, Finn Balor. Let's talk about Finn Balor quick. He, yeah. Uh, he came off. He uh, pretty much declared him. He he had a good promo. Um, I think I like the Prince. I like the Prince Balor a lot. Uh, definitely throwing shades of uh, Prince Devin um, when, when he was in New Japan. Um, he doesn't seem to have an NXT opponent, but um, out comes Imperium. Oh shit! And it was uh, it was Eichner and uh, Bartel. I uh, Bartel, I believe. Yes, that came out. Um, so they're definitely teasing Walter versus. Pit I'm in. Balor, fucking I'm sign in. me up, dude. I'm in. Uh, now the question is: Is it going to be on Takeover or is it going to be WrestleMania? That's a good. It, 
I mean, I would think it's gonna be takeover. It's gonna be take. I think it have to be takeover yeah. for that one. That you. That's one of your marquee matchups right there because they don't have the women's champion defending the belt on takeover that weekend. It's gonna be at WrestleMania. Yeah, and Shayna Baszler is gonna be fighting for her against Becky. So, well, assuming all. Assuming. Uh, yeah. The problem with building a story before it's even started being told. Um, Anything else happened on NXT? Oh, um, I forgot to mention for Raw, they did they officially did announce the Elimination Chamber match. Oh, for the the women's title for the for the Raw women's title. So we got uh, Shayna Baszler, the Riot Squad. Um, who else? Natalia. Natalia. So it was Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, Liv Morgan, Natalia, Shayna Baszler, Shayna Baszler, and Oscar. And Oscar. Yep. So those are the six participants. Even though pretty much that, but Shayna's she, Becky's challenging Shayna. I don't know what the hell they're going with this. They they jumped the gun as once again. So we're it's already foregone conclusion that Shayna's going to win this match. I mean, come on. I mean, unless and unless why they swerve Nata- us. Why isn't Natalia in this match? Why not? She just lost to Kyrie Sane last week. Why isn't Kyrie in this match? It's an elimination chamber match. You know, you don't. They, they you don't some, earn a spot. You just are randomly thrown into it. They just need a. They just need a body in there. I mean that's how elimination chamber matches are. It's um they'll have one or two people that are gonna take the pin. They'll have one or two people in there that are gonna be at the top, and then the rest are just there just to um enhance the uh, the match. They have their formula. I I understand that, but what I'm saying is Natalia didn't earn a spot into this. I think Kyrie Sane earned a spot into this. She did, uh, which is why I don't know why they have Natalia in this match. Well, because Kyrie Sane's uh, member, um, she just recently got married. To uh, evil, people can have matches after they get married. She's probably on her honeymoon right now at the moment, and they probably don't have anything for her. Even though I would put her in the Elimination Chamber match, I'd have her over Natalia. Yeah, I, let me see that elbow drop off one of the pods. That would look awesome. But you know, if I shatter her in half, but it'd be an awesome, <laughs> it'd be an awesome looking spot. Hey, I've seen Riho go out there and do some crazy shit. That's I, true. I think, I think Kyrie would be. Just She'll fine. be just fine. Um, anything else happened on on NXT? Uh, Champa versus Theory. Um, it was an okay showcase for Austin Theory. Um, it seems like he's he's 22 years old. Um, he's got the look. He's got the, the physique for it. Um, he just needs to he needs to just go in there and improve in his ring work. And he, he might be the future. He might be um, he might be the future for WWE. But that's up to him if he wants to put in the work. Uh, basically, Ciampa won. Gargano attacked him after. They're pretty much getting ready to set their match. Going to happen at Takeover. Gargano and Ciampa. Yes. Is it going to be one last time? It's got to be. It has to be at this point. They should have loser leaves NXT stipulation or retire or something or along those something, lines. Yeah, yeah it, it's got to have some stipulation on it. But we'll see what happens. Um, Charlotte and pretty much this week's takeover was um, hyped up for Charlotte Flair versus uh, Bianca Belair. I would have thought they would have waited a little bit longer, have them kind of have a little mini feud. Um, but they decided to go ahead and blow the match up. Well, blow the match up right on this week's takeover. Uh-huh. Um, it was fine. Um, it wasn't, it, I, you know, I was kind of disappointed to be honest with you. I would, I was expecting a little better showcase from, from both. Um, cause you have like a size advantage for Charlotte. It would have been like a big, big woman, small woman matchup right there. But just for whatever reason, it just, it, it just wasn't, it didn't live to my expectations. Now the ending right here, this is what I, uh, this is what I was kind of wondering. Charlotte was put her, uh, put Bianca, beat her after the match, put her in the figure eight, Rhea's music comes out and she pl- starts blasting and then she starts doing her like her entrance while Charlotte has her uh, has Bianca in the <laughs> figure what, eight. Wouldn't you be in a hurry to she yeah, she does her pose and then she runs down to the ring 
and then they confront to end uh, NXT. I thought that was a little awkward. I would think you would forego your entrance Just so you run can down there. save NXT, you know, um, the thing that you're so proud of. Um, that That is very strange. Um, and that's the problem I think NXT is running into is beca- they're com- becoming more and more WWE-ified, um, which makes turns me off, quite frankly, to turning into NXT. For me now, Dynamite is the must-see show. ASAP as soon they've, as I can. Dynamite has been on a roll the past couple of weeks. The way they've been, uh, the storylines have been phenomenal. Uh, NXT this week it was just it was just it was just there. But by no means was it a bad show. I mean, it was still better than Raw and you no, know, definitely better than SmackDown. Uh, SmackDown was just basically recaps of, um, of of the Super Showdown and progressing on the storylines for um, for WrestleMania. Should we talk about real quickly? Um, Nothing really happened on SmackDown of note. Um, the main thing was the main event. John Cena, they hyped him up all night. He came out and delivered a speech basically saying, like, I don't want to take a spot from someone that's been working hard on the roster all year. Um, so I'm just going to sit this WrestleMania out. He's leaving the ramp. Uh, lights go out. And The Fiend appears. And you think, oh, shit, he's going to attack John Cena. He's going to do something. Uh, but instead, no. He just points at the Mania sign. John Cena tips his hat to him, and now we're going to get The Fiend and John Cena. That's how they're telling that story. And now that WrestleMania is more fleshed out, which do you think was better to do? Was was it better to keep the original plan and have The Fiend versus Roman Reigns and then have John Cena versus Elias, or now with the new change where you have uh, Goldberg as a universal champion going up against Roman Reigns and John Cena versus The Fiend? That sounds better to me. Um, the thing that I don't like is the universal title being caught up in all this. Uh, if they want to build this like this, they're the main title on the entire show. Um, it doesn't need to be mixed up with Goldberg. And I honestly, I think Goldberg and Reigns are going to get booed out of the building. I think so too. I think this might be a potential WrestleMania 20. Lesnar and uh, yes. Goldberg. Yes. I think that you, they are leading on to that. Um, WWE. I don't know if this was all coincidental or not. A couple of days ago, they did release the Goldberg versus Lesnar match um, from WrestleMania 20 up on YouTube. Interesting. So I don't know. Get getting getting our booing voices ready. They're right getting here? it ready. Yeah, and I thought that was quite interesting. That I I the I, worst main event ever. Though that was definitely not a good match by any means of the standard. Uh, it was just it was. Uh, I think I think the the build was there. The idea of having those two feud it seemed like a dream match. But how they got there, though, was just it was botched from the ending. Um, I'm not sure if you remembered. Lesnar was on his way out. He was. Uh, yeah, he was. He was about ready to, to, you know, try out for the NFL. Everyone knew it. too. Everyone knew it, too. It, it spread around. Um, this is what I think WWE doesn't. Maybe they forget that the people that come to WrestleMania are not casual fans. These are the no. hardcore of hardcores. Absolutely. So when you give us Brock Lesnar or you give us uh Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. Two people. Okay, by default, I guess Roman Reigns is the babyface in this, um, but they they're gonna run into the same problem they had before, where they were getting booed because they feel like the fans feel like they're being forced to like Roman Reigns. And I mean, he's getting a positive reaction right now because he has been kind of in a mid card feud. Uh, they uh, kept him away from being uh, from the top. From being the top guy on SmackDown, now they're moving him from a f- a long, 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 long feud with Baron Corbin straight into the main event at WrestleMania against Goldberg. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna fall on the same sword again. They are, but 
this should be to no one's surprise because this was the, the plan all along was to get Roman back to being the top guy. Um, he is the top. I mean, you, you could say he's a, he's the top. He's the top guy on. on he's the big dog. He's a big dog for a reason. <laughs> Literally, he is. But um, this th- this was all planned out. Um, I think on paper this is a better card. I would I'd rather see these two matches now than before. I didn't think we were ever going to get Cena versus Elias because they just did that last year. I, they they did that last year, so I mean maybe that was a red herring, but I'm glad they didn't go with it if that was going to be the actual plan. On paper, this seems fine, but um, just the way that they had handled the Goldberg Fiend situation, and I don't know. To me, like the Fiend didn't need that momentum lost. It made him. It brought him down a notch or two, maybe even more than that. Can he recover after that, though? I could have seen a world where uh, maybe a triple threat match where the Fiend doesn't get pinned directly um, would have been a better outcome than just shitting on him. Um, if you would have had Roman Reigns, Goldberg versus and the Fiend in a triple threat match, or a fatal four way, that would be hard to pull off. Roman Reigns, the Fiend, and Goldberg. Like, how would you, like, I'm I'm trying to think like who's gonna. I mean, or Ro- make, Roman's gonna have to do most of the work, obviously. Make it a made a make it a fatal four way. You add Dan O'Brien to that picture, so Dan O'Brien could take the pin. You could do that. Um, and then you know you have Goldberg and Roman setting up for Mania during the match. And then you don't have you keep the fiend strong by not pinning him and squashing him so that's, fast. That's that's one way to do it. Yeah, there there was another way to do this, and I just feel like they're 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 hot shotting. There there's a million ways of doing it. Um, but yeah, they, like like you said, they are hot shotting it. It it's not it's not necessary. Like it's not necessary to have them put the title on Goldberg. Goldberg doesn't need man. the title. He doesn't, he doesn't need it at all because what made him earn that title? Like he was gone for two years. Remember his last match was against. I mean, I guess you could say he didn't get his rematch. That he lost three years ago against Brock Lesnar. Rematches aren't a thing anymore. But they're not a thing anymore. But he, all of a sudden, he just decides, you know what? I'm going to show up and get my title match. So, yeah, based on that logic, I can see where the fans boo him. Um, but it's just, we'll see what happens. Though. We'll see what they, we'll see how they're going to um, play this out come WrestleMania time. And the way that John Cena was saying, like, I, don't, I've, I, haven't, I haven't been around for a long time. I don't want to take a spot from someone. Um kind of says a lot to what Goldberg is doing right now because he just literally walks in, gets his Saudi paycheck, and then gets a Mania paycheck, and then he's done for the year. He's, yeah. I, I don't like that one bit. I don't I don't like it at all. Um, I get special attractions, but not in a, not in, but, not in a main, uh, main event storyline. But this is the worst part about it is now that, once again, you've told the audience that the stars of the past – are greater than your current stars. Exactly. That's the biggest problem that I have and um, that I don't think a lot of people understand. When the people say, well, you know, the Fiend will be able to recover. Will he really be able to recover, though? Will he be able to be to where how he was before, this unstoppable monster? Now that you've seen him lose, it, it takes the mystique out of him. Like, like I don't think it's going to be very difficult for him to be rebuilt and he might be like the top guy as far as the modern as far as the modern wrestling goes, but you just told the audience once again that modern wrestling, the modern wrestlers, your modern superstars are nothing compared to the stars of the past. Just looking at the Fiend and Goldberg in the same ring, uh, the Fiend looked so silly. He did <laughs> in comparison, and I he, next to John Cena, he looked silly too. And and, and yet he, he 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 cowered. He made guys like Seth Rollins cower in yeah. front of him. Yep, Dan O'Brien. The Miz, <laughs> everyone that he, Jesus. every everyone that he kind of touched, um, something changed about them, but not Goldberg. Yeah, and, and this is and this is once again why I'm not. Gi- and this is why I'm not giving WWE the benefit of the doubt because 
I don't think they're going to have enough. I don't think I have enough trust in them again to put the Fiend over. I I'm not going to be surprised if John Cena once again, you know, wins that match at WrestleMania. And he should he win that match? Absolutely not. He doesn't need to win. He doesn't need to be be there. No. I'm hoping that you know this is and this is a rematch of WrestleMania 30, by the way. And see the 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 thing with John Cena is he he's been on a losing streak at Mania. Um, the past couple Manias he has. Uh, he's kind of been an afterthought at Mania. I could see him coming in and winning a, a, another Mania match to keep him special. He doesn't need it, though. Does not need he it. He does not need it. Unless he's going to come back for a run, but he's not. Um, I don't know. Let's let's talk about something that's positive. Let's talk about AEW, dude. Now, you talk about a tale of two shows <laughs> exactly. where the buildups are completely different. The buildup for um, Super Showdown on Raw was weak, whereas... The buildup to Revolution on Dynamite was amazing. Another solid show for the third week in a row. I was blown away by it. You you have the uh, Kenny Omega versus uh, Pac match. 30-minute Iron Man match to open up the amazing. show. Amazing. I thought this match was amazing. Uh, ended in a time limit draw. And then they announced, you know what? No, we need a winner tonight. Uh, and Kenny Omega just kind of hit a, hit a fourth gear. And uh, was able to defeat Pack uh, on this on this one. There was so much storytelling, not only in this match, but I thought the announcing was really good too. Absolutely, um, they they really painted a picture for us to you know let us know how how serious because they were like we haven't seen Pack wrestle in a long time, and you know uh, Shivani was quick to be like, well, we didn't see him wrestle because he's been training specifically for this match. Um, I I thought this match was incredible, great way to start the show. This to me, this is probably I would probably put there as my maybe like top three Iron Man matches of all time, and you're probably some people are saying, whoa, 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 that's 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 <laughs> a bit of a stretch. No, I think it's up there. Um, traditionally, Iron Man matches, you know, they're they're not very good. They're very boring for the most part. That's why I think an hour is. I think an hour is too long. Thirty I, minutes. I, I feel like one hundred percent agree with you on that because when I was watching it. My first thought was like they should not do an hour Iron Man matches because if this match was an hour, I think it would suffer. But having it for thirty minutes is perfect. Because I mean, especially on TV, the lore of Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart WrestleMania twelve and talking about it sounds nice, but that match is not that great. It's it over, drags. It's overrated. It, it drags a lot of the match. It's overrated. By no means was it a bad match, but. And it was also the first Iron Man match that WWE had uh, attempted to pull, had pulled off or tried to pull off. Yeah. And a lot of it was just rest holds and just trying to catch their breath. They're trying to pace themselves. Um, it didn't really get good until the end, and then they went to sudden death, and that's where you got that's where you got Shawn Michaels' moment. That's where he had his WrestleMania moment. Um, but nonstop action for this match, nonstop action all the way through. Um, the commentary was um, was great. Um, Shivani was on his A game. Jr. was actually very good. Uh, Pack was fin- everyone did their part in this match. I thought this was great. Um, great way to open the show. Great way to, to take that uh, taste of uh, su- of the Super Showdown out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, because you watched it today. I did. I watched, watched it. I watched. It yeah, I watched it last night. I did. See, I knew about what was happening on Dynamite and NXT. But I didn't really have any chance to watch those shows until last night. And I binge-watched... By the way, this is my Friday night. I binge-watched Dynamite and NXT. And whenever I didn't finish, I watched it in the morning. That's a, that's a, that's commitment. And I thank you for that. That's late-night cramming right there, dude. 
um, Inner Circle versus Jurassic Express, you think like, what what do these guys have in common? But there's there's a lot going on in this. Um, really solid uh, trios match from all these guys. They they pulled out all the stops for this. Um, I think they they need a trios tag team championship. Do you think that's going to be the next belt that AEW is going to introduce? If they have the roster for it, they they're going to need to sign more people and specifically have them wrestle in trios matches. Um, but I could see that being another a great way to get mid carters on in a match. You can fit six guys in one match. That WWE needs something like that. I think they. I mean, they definitely have a surplus of tag teams. For sure, and uh, that's another way they can utilize someone who, um, because in, in in lieu of having a secondary singles title, they can use the trios title as that secondary title. Um, if you remember back in the day, um, the NWA six man tag cha- championships, they were there weren't any six man, there weren't any real six man tag teams. There were few and far between, but you had like. Dusty Rhodes teaming up with the Road Warriors. Yes. At the time, um, that way Dusty can still at the same time feud with Ric Flair over the world title. You put whoever is one of your top guys in there with a makeshift tag team. Like let's say for instance, like you have Sammy Guevara, you want him to you want to build him up, then you could have him team up with Santana and Ortiz. Exactly. As the as the Chios champions, I think that will work in itself. That logic right there can work absolutely. And if you want to put in more trios tag teams, by all means, you can do that. But I think it also benefits not only um, the single star who doesn't have who is doesn't have a title yet, or is chasing for the title, or is not in there yet. Teaming up with an established tag team that doesn't have the tag belts, I think that's a perfect combination right there. So if they do that over, I mean, having SC- a secondary singles title, I'm all for it. SCU could be a trio. There you go. The Dark Order could be a trio. Yes. Uh, Butcher Blade, add a third guy to that. Maybe I mean, get like a male bunny. Yeah, male bunny, for sure. Uh, oh, Adam Rose's bunny. Hire that guy. Whoever there we was go. It, uh, was it? Leo Kruger. Yeah, Leo. No, no, have... Um, uh, oh, the bunny that was Adam... Hunico, who was inside the, the was costume. It? Oh. I, yeah, it was Hunico in the, in the costume. Well, even if it wasn't him, you get him in there, too. Just have the bunny, like, a mascot. Be yeah. Like, yeah, there you go. We're, we're, we're coming up with ideas Coming here. up with ideas. I like that. Uh, Darby, Darby Allen came... I was going to call him Darby All-In. Um, because that's how it's about. Um, he came out because uh, he's feuding with Sammy Guevara. He came out um, kind of for the distraction. Uh, Guevara was going to use the the loaded sock. Um, <laughs> Guevara used it against him, or Guevara got hit with it by All In, and uh, you know keeping that feud alive going in Revolution. I'm excited for that match. Darby Allen once his music hits, and that was one problem I had with AEW in the beginning. Their music was kind of lame. But now I'm getting to know whose song belongs to who. Right. And I'm like, okay. So when Darby Allen's hits, it stands out. You know, the. Dun, 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 Everyone dun, knows it was. Everyone stands yep. up and it was crazy. Uh, so there's a few guys. Kenny, I think, has a great song. Cody has a great song. Jericho obviously has a great song. Um, I like. Uh, I like Riho's music. <laughs> uh, it's very techno. It's very. It's very anime. Uh, yes, and I'm I'm getting to learn more. Santana Ortiz, I think they're actually you know Inner Circle theme song itself is actually pretty good. There's also a, there's a side name to the Inner Circle now, which is the Painmaker Posse. I like that. Um, they all came out in like matching stuff. We'll get into that. In a we'll get that to that in a bit. Uh, but yeah, San, the Inner Circle has great music too. You're right. Um, and speaking of the Butcher and the Blade, yeah, versus best friends. Uh, I thought this was a good match too. Uh, they're really making uh, Andy Williams the Butcher, uh, guitar for his guitarist for every time I die. Uh, they're really making him a big deal. 
Um, and he's getting better every week, I feel like. I, absolutely. Uh, he's a big dude, and um, that's something that AEW, as we mentioned, I think they're lacking. If they could somehow if build up Andy Williams to be in the same contention as a Luchasaurus, and then now that you, you get uh, Brody Harper, Luke Harper in there, and then now that officially um, that... Um, What's his name? Just I just said it earlier. Um, that Luke, sign. Luke Harper? No, not Luke Harper. Oh, Lance Archer. Lance Archer. I'm sorry. Yeah, Lance Archer. Thank you. Now that you got him in there, now their now their uh, big man group is now big man division starting to add up a little bit more. Yeah, he can learn from those guys too. So um, I I like where they're going with um, with Andy Williams. Um, I loved Orange Cassidy. First of all, I saw Orange Cassidy at Bar Wrestling last night or Thursday, oh, Thursday night. right? And it was in Pomona, correct? It was at Pomona, the Glass House. It was in Pomona at the Glass House, which was crazy because I've been there for countless uh, band concerts, uh, never for a wrestling show. So this was cool. They had this, the ring pushed up against the stage, kind of like how they set up, have it set up at the Bootleg Theater. Um, and you know where the bands come out of that little stairwell? Uh-huh. That's where they all made their entrances off the st- from that stairwell onto the stage. That's awesome. Um, Orange Cassidy versus Chris Masters. Um, everyone loves Orange Cassidy. He's so fucking good. Um, I I was calling it the match of the the man, the <laughs> what did I say? The man that could be freshly squeezed of juice and the man that's full of juice. Ayo. Um, and yeah, so. <laughs> Orange Cassidy actually lost, uh, which got Chris Masters a bunch of a uh, bunch of heat. I call him a Chris Master piece of shit, um, and it was fun by all. Uh, Orange Cassidy was super over, and I love I love that him and the bunny had a little an interaction here, uh, where he uh, she took his glasses and then he took his her ears or whatever, did a dive to the outside, and best friends get the win. And I'm I'm glad you mentioned Orange Cassidy because after uh, the oh Iron yeah. Man match, uh, we forgot to that. mention that Tony Schiavone did interview Pac, and Tony was kind of laying in a uh, laying in a bit onto Pac as far as um how as far as him losing the match. Orange Cassidy comes out of nowhere, walks in, and um it looks like they're gonna have a match for uh, Revolution. Yes, they announced that. Uh, which it might be even be on right now. Um, what I loved about this was after the best friends match, um, they were talking about Orange Cassidy versus Pac, and uh, tr- uh, Chucky T was like, you know what, and Pac, you better get ready because this weekend at Revolution, Orange Cassidy might even try. And, then, and the place erupted. <laughs> the place erupted. And then Trent's like, well, he might try. Well, we're going we're gonna to see. He I like how Trent was downplaying it. Like, well, he might try. We're not sure yet. Uh, not there. And this is like his first match, right? Is the first official match in AEW, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm excited. I that was my first time seeing him wrestle live in a in a match against Chris Masters. Um, I seen him at Double or Nothing, but he wasn't really in a match. Um, he's got he's got a great like build to him. Don't let the jean jacket and t-shirt fool you. He's ripped underneath all that. Oh, I, 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 absolutely. I'm sure he's a great wrestler, but like it's just his gimmick though. Like he had to stand out, and it's it was a it's a perfect gimmick. I don't know why people hate on it. I love it. Um, people hate on it because I I don't know they're Jim Cornettes of the world that are that are upset that it's killing the business. But it's, it's not killing the business. Believe me, there are worse there are worse offenses to what's killing the wrestling business than Orange Cassidy. Yes. Um, my favorite spot of the night. Well, there was a few of them. He uh, he went for the uh, test. Chris Masters challenged him to a test of strength, and he he put both of his hands in the air to to start it. And Orange Cassidy was about to put his hands, like to grab his hands, and he ended up just going right in the pockets. And the crowd just fucking oh went crazy. yeah, they went crazy. I would bet they did. Uh, Chris Masters ended up uh, 
taking the orange juice and like crushing it, but it got all over Orange Cassidy and he hulked up. I've never seen the man do so much work. Uh, He did like uh, those like Yokozuna strikes to the stomach. And you started to come back and then Chris Masters beat him with the with the master lock. Uh, but great match, and I, I love that. So then, would that be called him juicing up? Then he juiced up. Yes, he juiced absolutely. Up. Um, Big Swole, Karushita, Shanna, and Yuka Sakazaki had a okay match. Big fan of Shanna and 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 Shida. I think Big Swole um, is going to be a major player in AEW. I think she's awesome. Too. Absolutely, uh, Yuka Sakazaki. You know, the fans do like her. She's a little goofy, but yes, I do. I do like Sakazaki. When you go as like well. she, she's like she's a comedy wrestler, but when you Look past the comedy wrestling. She's actually she's actually pretty solid um, worker in the ring as well. Yeah, and then you had um, uh, Sheeta. Uh, how did Sheeta win this match? Oh, she uh, she hit a knee strike on uh, a big on swole. swole. Uh, and I'm a big Hikaru Sheeta fan, and I think she should have won because she's I think she's the number two ranked ranked woman on the the roster. So at the moment, yes, good to see her uh, get that win. And then you had the way in uh, Jericho and Moxley. I thought this segment was awesome. Yes, uh, very. Re- you know, I'm glad AEW took a different direction as far as hyping up this main event match. They could have done a contract signing. Yeah. They could have done um, where the where they just have the two sit down and do an interview. Instead, they made it a real life, a big fight feel by having a weigh in, and nothing's more of a big fight feel than having the official weigh in. Moxley comes down the ring. Oh, before that happens, even um, though we don't know what official weight they need to hit, but it's a it's a thing. Yes. Did you notice the big boxing style poster hanging up in the rafters for the aw yes show. i thought that I was a fucking that was nice a touch. great touch makes it feel like a big fight and um speaking of a great touch to it um we were introduced to gary michael capetta yes i i i thought that was a great touch to it um legendary wcw announcer um to me and he he lost his job back in 95 so he wasn't there during the entire run but he was there during the um nwa uh late nwa days early wcw days um, to me, I thought he was a number two announcer behind Howard Finkel. Yeah, they they Finkled him for sure. They definitely did. They, they, they he they, he got Finkled first before, <laughs> before Howard before Howard Finkel yeah, got Finkled. Yeah, he did. Um, but did you know he was working? He worked for uh, Ring of Honor for ten years. I did not know that. Yeah, he was working behind the scenes. Oh, crazy. Okay. So he he's actually been in, still been in the wrestling business after uh, he he left uh, WCW. Well, that's good to hear because yeah, he deserves. He doesn't deserve to just be tossed aside and be forgotten about. No, uh, I thought he did a tremendous job introducing um, the the the. The champion and the challenger. He uh, announced the champion first to step on the scale. <laughs> Jericho immediately cut him off and said, "No, you don't do that. It's the champion always goes last." Um, and he got booed, and then the and then you know uh, Jericho uh, just uh, freeballed it and grabbed the mic and said, "Because they're in Kansas City, right?" He's he meant to say Patrick Mahomes is a piece of shit. Yeah, but he said Aaron Mahomes is a piece of shit. He did say that. <laughs> I had to right. rewind it a couple times. Um, so I thought that was funny. Um, I think he got Aaron Rodgers and. Do you think he botched it intentionally, or he actually I think botched it by accident? He was just excited to say it. Probably. I could see it on his face. He was smiling before he said it. Uh, uh, okay, he yeah, he, he was. He just. He just. He just. He he, he uh, came too quick. I guess you could say. <laughs> um, Moxley. Uh, Jer- Jericho is teasing the the way, and he doesn't want to get in the scale. No, um, he's taking he's just building it up. First, he takes off the belt. Then he takes off the bandana. <laughs> like, that's going to make a big difference. For Two ounces, weight. bro. <laughs> um, Moxley's had enough, and he just headbutts Jericho. Uh, splits him up in hard way, it looked like. 
So that was a legitimate headbutt then. It, I mean, unless they were really quick to because, handle the blade. Because I wasn't sure what that because I had to watch that headbutt again, and I'm thinking like, that can't be a real headbutt. And I'm trying to think like, okay, did did he bleed? Did he actually did he actually bleed? The, like, did he blade the hard way, or did he blade himself? Like I wasn't too sure. Because normally when you, when they blade themselves, it's it's in the hairline. He was bleeding like right above his yeah, eye. Yeah, like right above his eye. So, so I don't know how you get a blade in there for that. That's dangerous. So yeah. I, so it had to be a, a legit headbutt. Which yeah. I, again, I don't know why you. I mean, I I I think the touch of it was there, but I mean at the same time though, it's like. Why do that to yourself? There has to. They, they could have done something else instead to draw the dynamic of having that blood coming down. I just felt like doing that headbutt there. Like, you're. This is how injuries happen, by the way. Yes. When you when you do stuff like that, but um, Jericho, like you mentioned, Jericho had to get seven stitches on his um on his eye. It, it's still a great visual, by the way. It was a still. Yeah. Um. I I think that uh. God damn it. We're I'm gonna we're gonna have to spoil a little bit of revolution, but um. We got to get into our uh, predictions. predictions? Yeah. Oh man, well, um, that's okay because um, we are. Yeah, we, I mean, we, we kind of did this to ourselves. We are recording during the middle of uh, Revolution, um, but that's a great segue into um, in, into um, Revolution. Talk about, like I mentioned, the tale of uh, two shows in which lead up to the pay per views. One was very good; the other one, not so much. All right, let's. Uh, okay, so we're not that far behind, so we're only going to lose one match. Um, let's get into, uh, we'll go from Pac and Orange Cassidy up. Okay. Um, so Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Who do you got in this one, Dick? Uh, it's Pac on this one. I mean, uh, Orange Cassidy, I think will will shine. Um, and I think the, can you, can you write, write, write these down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I think Pac needs a win. Um, Orange Cassidy is not like the, the major, um, he's obviously over, um, Pack has kind of been on a losing streak, so I think he's gonna need a he's gonna need a, a, a victory in this one. So you you're going pack on this one. I'm going. We're both going pack on this. Correct. One. Okay. After that, we have Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander for the AW Women's World Championship. Uh, I'm gonna go Nyla Rose on this one. Um, I think she just won the titles. No need to get it off her this quickly. Make her a beast, and then maybe Sheeta can can be the one to challenge next and tell a really good story. Uh, there's, there hasn't really been a lot of cross paths between the two, which I think this is just kind of to get Nyla Rose established. Just so to I'm going to go uh, Nyla Rose. I, I agree with you on, on that. I think Chris Tyler has a lot of potential to be the future in AEW women's uh, division. I don't know what they were thinking as far as... I, I honestly think her right now challenging Rose for the title is not a good time. They should have waited for it. Um, and on top of that, like you mentioned... Nyla Rose just barely won. She just won the, the women's championship. So you want to give her a lengthy run. I don't see her dropping the belt anytime soon. Definitely not, not at least until I would say not until after maybe not until uh, double or nothing. We'll see. We'll see where that takes us. Yeah. Um, the thing I like about AOW, the titles really don't change hands all that often. We've only had one, one title change hands. Um, at what Bash of the Beach? Well, that was two actually, because the tag the tag team championships changed hands and the women's championship changed hands. Yes, two. I'm just, excuse me. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, which only leaves the world title, but still, uh, for as long as the belts have been around, not hasn't changed hands too many times. Um, up next, Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. Um, who do you got in this one, Dicky Boy? I, I'm, I, I, this is this is going to be a phenomenal matchup between I think the so two. Too. Two I young studs. Two young studs. Sammy Guevara is a high, is a high flyer. Um, Darby Allen is just gonna p- 
he puts his body on the line every single match. So this is going to be a phenomenal match right here. Don't sleep on this match. I you got to go with Darby Allen in this one. I, I think Allen's going to win um, because he wants because I think the story behind it is that he's still pissed at, at the inner circle for damaging his throat. Like he remember he was off TV for a while. He still can't speak. Yeah, he's still been off. Yeah. And I thought the him having the cue cards in there while delivering the promos that's that's a great way to build his character up and build his mystique. Yeah, and it got me to not uh, fast forward the commercials. <laughs> I would I yeah, would watch the, side, the, the picture in picture. It works. All right, so yeah, I actually I'm gonna go with uh, Darby Allin as well because, like you said, he hasn't been on TV for a while. I think we need to keep him hot, um, and he is one of the hotter guys, uh, literally and figuratively, on the roster. Hey yo. Um, up next, Jake Hagar versus Dustin Rhodes. Um, this one's interesting to me because um, Hagar's uh, his first match in AEW. Correct. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, you know, the established vet, but he's been out because Hagar broke his arm, uh, crushed into the door, if you remember. <coughs> um, so, excuse me, on this one, um, I, I, I'm going to keep it up. I'm going to give it to Hagar um, because I think they need to keep him strong, especially if he's going to be the muscle for the the uh, inner circle. Got to keep him strong. So I'm going Hager on this one. Dustin Rhodes doesn't need the win. Um, he He's clearly there to help out the younger talent. Now, does helping out the younger talent too much, do, would that hurt him in the long run? I don't think so because I think Dustin, where he's at right now, I think this is where he wants to be. He wants to definitely put over the younger talent. Um, Hagar, you know, he does. this is his first match. We'll see how that goes. Um, is he going to be the same as he was? Is, is he, Are we going to see, like, um, is he going to be able to be how he was before? Because he hasn't wrestled in a while, so that's going to be um, that's going to be quite a challenge for him. Yes. So we shall see. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, you want to keep him strong. He is Chris Chris Jericho's second in command, I guess you could say. Um. So you're going to go Hagar on this Hagar one. Hagar as well. Yes. Okay. Sir. After that, we have Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus the Young Bucks, the Elite fighting the Elite. This Civil one's, War. This one's kind of hard to call, Dick. But uh, I'm going to give it to you first. What do you you have to ask yourself what 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 do you do here like I don't know the, what what can you do I mean do you think they booked themselves into a corner I think they booked themselves exactly where they wanted to be um, and I think that's they're, wh- they're telling a great story yeah. of the elite imploding um, Hangman for weeks has kind of just been you know binge drinking uh, a little antisocial with the group um, kind of just like I'm I'm here because we're friends but. It, I'm wearing thin. Um, I don't want like I I want to move on. I want to do my own thing. Yeah, but yeah, he keeps he keeps getting dragged into it by Kenny and the Bucks. We forgot to mention this, but Jr. did a sit down interview with both teams on Wednesday when it aired on Dynamite. Oh yeah, it was great, great. interview. Nick Jackson gave um, gave the line of the, the, the perfect line right there. In Ring of Honor, you were just a jobber, and we brought you into the Bullet Club. And this is how you thank us. Yeah, that was that was. I tremendous. thought that was phenomenal. I thought that was a great. That was a great segment on all four sides. It adds realism to it. It does, and that's just something that WWE can't can't do. And they this, won't do. And this is this is another way. This is the best way to me in utilizing Jim Ross is you want to have him there sitting down with these wrestlers, let him guide the wrestlers into what they need to say and get them over. Doesn't need to be on commentary it, for that long. Main events maybe, but not and the, the big whole matches, night. but not de- definitely not there because Jr. He has been inconsistent on the mic uh, as far as him on commentary. We've t- we've talked about this. We've many talked times. about this many times. 
that's where you want to have them there is have them sit down and t- have the interviews with these guys. So who do you got in this match? <sighs> it's hard. You know, I know it's hard. It's, it's hard for me uh, because Omega and Hangman barely won the tag team championships. Yes. They just won it. However, I don't see this ring lasting very long. I think they're this was just this is just a setup for them for their match, for their feud. I think they're gonna implode. I'm not sure who's gonna turn on who. I mean logic would have you think it's gonna be Hangman because Hangman's just gonna get fed up with uh with really all three of them and he's just gonna turn on Omega after the match. Young Bucks, they need to they need to win the championships. Uh, they need to they need to be the champions by now, and uh, therefore, um, Young Bucks are going to be the new tag team champions. I you know I I want to agree with you uh, because I do think the Young Bucks are going to win, but for the sake of argument, so we just don't have the same picks the whole way through. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Omega and Page. I think they're going to draw this out for a little while longer, and um, maybe they'll they'll implode while they're mid match. You know next show or something like that um because i think this is a big storyline and to blow it off right this like on the first kind of outing that they have um would kind of make it not as impactful so you think it's too soon for them to implode i do um and also because i think that we need to differ our choices because this is i think this card is kind of predictable but not predictable i i think we're gonna have some i think we're gonna have some interesting uh disagreements i mean we may I'm, i'm thinking we might yeah, and I think we just started. Now that's we're starting to see... That's one. Put me over podcast implode. Uh-oh. Um, up next, MJF versus Cody. Um, this has been boiling over for quite a long time. This is one of the longer storylines that they've been running. Um, this one's interesting um, because MJF is just the ultimate asshole and Cody is the ultimate baby face. <sighs> this one's tough. Cody had to go a long way to get to where he's at, and I... F- God, yeah. I want Cody to win, but I also see MJF winning just because, um, just to make him more of an asshole. Uh, you put Cody through a lot, and I think in the end, MJF is going to win this match. <sighs> I, I would think you're going to go with Cody on this one. I want to go with Cody, but I know you're going to go with Cody, so I want to keep it different. <laughs> and I want to justify it in my head. No, actually, you know what? I'm actually going to agree with you on that what? one. What? Yes. Oh, man. Okay. I, and and, uh, and um, the reason why is... Um, I th- I still see them continuing on with this feud. I I think this is somehow going to end up being accumulated in double or nothing. I think MJF is going to get the win on this one, and they're still going to keep going. I think there's going to be I think they're barely scratching the surface as far as this feud goes. I don't see it any anytime soon because what do you do with Cody after this match? I Cody's not going to be in the title picture for anytime soon, so I think this feud's still going to continue. And the only way to continue that feud is with an MJF victory. Oh man! All right. Well, just to just you want to change? You want to change it? Just keep it interesting. Because I, th- I, I, I think I think your heart's your heart wants to say Cody. Yeah, I'm gonna go Cody on this one. Uh, but I think I, I thought I, you were gonna go Cody. This, so. this, this, this is what I mean. I, I think this is where we're gonna defer because I don't think you and I were gonna agree with this match. <laughs> um, I because I I I, t- I worked myself into a shoot, brother, and I don't think uh, the feud is gonna end here. Uh, maybe there's a DQ. Uh, which by the way, in the pack, um, Moxie Iron Man match. They had a DQ finish. That's the first DQ finish they've had in AEW. That's right. We forgot to mention that. They did paint that picture. Thank you, commentary, for that. All right. Main event time. Chris Jericho versus John Moxley for the AEW World Championship. Who do you got in this one, Dickie boy? The buildup to this match, just like all the other matches so far on this card, has been phenomenal. Um, you get a character 
like get his eye taken out and stay and it stay. He's still sporting an eye patch to this day. Yes. Uh, not only in the ring, but anytime you see Moxley, he has an eye patch now. And we're seeing the full rehabilitation of John Moxley. Whatever stench that was left from Dean Ambrose in WWE is now completely gone. I think so. Yeah, he is now like I don't think of him as a as a former WWE star anymore. He is. <laughs> yeah, he's you're right. John Moxley, and um, that's that's great. I mean, I think they've done a great job with Moxley ever since they introduced him into AEW, and especially this past month, I thought this run with him and Jericho, their feud is one thousand times better than their feud than they did in WWE. Wait, you mean to tell me the feud with Mitch the potted plant? Yes. <laughs> over uh over a, a potted plant is is better? Wow. Yeah. Um I 1000% agree. Um you don't have that Dean Ambrose they wanted to make him a crazy person, but they want to make him like a cartoon crazy person that attacks people with ketchup and mustard and, you know, the the little kids can get behind. This Moxley is the Moxley that he's always wanted to he's be. He's always been. It's just he never had that chance to be that in WWE. I I like what they're doing with him. Having said that, n- I don't think they're going to take the belt off Jericho anytime soon, nor should they. They should not take the belt off of him. Jericho is the champion, the right guy to have it on him. I'm going to go with Jericho on this one. I think he's going to retain it. He's going to hold on to that belt for a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, you were thinking the same thing, weren't you? Yes, that's why I said, God damn it, once you said that. I thought you were going to go with Moxley on this one. Um, as much as I love Moxley, and I think he will be a champ at some point, Jericho is on such a crazy level right now. Um and, you know, you love to boo the guy. Um, he, You can't take the title off of him right now. Um, he's so hot, um, literally and figuratively. Another guy that's very hot. Um, you can't take the title off him. He brings a lot more being the AEW champion. And you can't just put your ABW, AEW champion on a bunch of old WWE guys. That's another thing I was going to – that's another thing as well. For uh, Even though we've said that pretty much he's been fully rehabbed, some of the fans – some of the fans – Outside of AEW, they're going to see him as like another W guy winning the belt. Yeah. And you don't want to have the first two reigns involving f- former WWE talent. It should be someone like a, a Darby Allen yes. or someone like a homegrown talent. Like a homegrown talent should be the guy. The next AEW that champion. Should, that should eventually dethrone Chris Jericho. Now, who who could it be? Omega's It could be Kenny shot. Omega. It He's could had be, his shot, though. He, he, he did. He could always come back again. You never know. We don't know who it's going to be, though, but it should be definitely be a homegrown talent. And that's another reason why I think Cody did, should not have won the belt. Yes. Now, I think at some point Cody is going to get an opportunity Absolutely. to be back in the title picture. I think maybe career versus uh, title shot opportunity would be in the cards at some point. Uh, maybe, you know, MJF and him can have that kind of blow off. Like, if yeah. I lose, I'll, I'll leave AEW and just work behind the scenes. But if I win, I get to be in the title contender picture. Um, I think that would be a, another wrinkle for that story. And MJF would probably be like, yeah. I'll beat your ass again, and then that's how. Whatever. Um, I'm. I don't work for AW. I would like to. Um, but yeah, we just host this podcast. That's all we do. You got anything else for us today, Dicky boy? Uh, no. Nah, you know what? I'm just looking forward to uh, to this pay per view. Um, I think it's going to be a solid pay per view, and we're going to see like how many people actually um, order the pay per view to see if this is uh, if it, you know if this is actually working for AW because. Um, they they're expecting that you know what the shows have been this good uh there's been a constant there's been a pretty consistent rating as far as um 
AEW. I, I forgot to mention this, but not surprisingly, AEW once again has been NXT in the ratings this week. Because um, it's, it's, it's just, a better show. It's it ha- it is for the you know, and th- that says a lot because AEW or NXT is amazing. NXT is good. NXT is great. Um, but the one thing about NXT though, it is one dimensional because they do focus a lot on um, great in ring wrestling. And there's some weeks where it's just not there, and I think this week might have been it. Um, where like they they're not really telling any any story; they're just having great right. matches. Uh, where AEW has a great balance of both. They have a great balance of both. Like to me, AEW is more of a wrestling show than NXT is. Uh, when I mean wrestling show, I mean as, as far as variety. You have other things other than great in ring talent. You have comedy segments. You have you know backstage interviews. You have a realness that WWE as a whole lacks. Um, they're overscripted, overproduced, and like I said, NXT is starting to be WWEified as far as like a dive, go to commercial, um, buzzwords and trending topics and shit like that that don't need to be a part of the show. AEW does. They might put like a hashtag in the corner, but they're not like, ladies and gentlemen, we're the number one trending thing in the world. Right? Like they don't give a fuck about that shit. And they should stay away from that at all costs. You don't have every time Kenny Omega comes out like, oh, the f- or you know what I mean? Like they don't call him the big dog or like they don't say it's boss time every time he comes out. Um, or the cleaner. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's clean time. It's like, cleaning that time. Just, that would be so stupid. God damn, Michael uh, Cole. And that's that's just that's a Vince. That's a Vince thing. Yeah. And Monday Night Messiah, Monday Night Messiah, Monday Night Messiah. Have you read a quote, by the way? We're well, be, well, we're well below. We're well below that. Well, I've tried. It's got to give us a couple shows then. Um, just real quickly, <sighs> the numbers 865 to 717. It's it, it, This is like a weekly occurrence. Um, 865? 865,000 to 717. They're almost at that milli mark, and um, that goes to show the strength of what AEW is doing right now. Yeah, and uh, and again, every week when we reveal the ratings and talk about the ratings, these are um, when they actually eat, when they actually are on people watching it either live or a little bit after the DVR numbers, not including the full DVR numbers because they both hit over a million total. Yeah. So it's it's there, um, but can they convert that audience that watched this past Wednesday over to, to the buy, pay-per-view? To, to buy. buy the pay-per-view. That's the real question. They got our 50 bucks. So you, they got two people here. <laughs> well, they got one. Uh, one buy. Technically one buy, yeah. Uh, but uh, the world will be watching, and I'm really excited to for AEW and to see they carry this momentum. And, you know, they did tell us at the beginning it was going to be more sports-based, and I haven't really seen that part of it. Of AEW? Yes. I mean, uh, other than the rankings, that's all they really gone. Like they, I was told they're gonna like focus on percentages and stats for for like finishing maneuvers. Haven't really seen a whole lot of that, and I hope I, that they go to that at some point. I, I'm I'm a little curious of, of how they're gonna uh, put pull that off. Um, but I mean, I think what they're doing right now is per- is perfectly fine. I mean, also you got to keep in mind though. Remember we remember we were told that SmackDown was gonna be sports uh, driven <laughs> as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> and instead, it's the complete opposite. See, but so I don't, I don't. I take whatever WWE says with a grain of salt. Absolutely. Well, I mean, now more so than ever. Did we talk about Smojo? No, we didn't actually. Uh, you know, we didn't talk about him. Um, you know, what's funny was that. Okay, right now, uh, Smojo was announced to be suspended uh, due to the, uh, violating the wellness policy. However, yes. that was rumored about um, about almost a month ago. Yeah. Someone had uh, broken uh, had leaked it out. And it was a very reliable news source because they were re- releasing stories left and right that ended up being true. This one happened to not be true at the time. But and they had happen. to do a retractment saying that we apologize for that, only to find out that it was true. Wow. So 
And maybe it's just they just told the future or something. Maybe they did, um, but of course we don't know why he Bad failed. Luck, Joe. We don't know what, why he failed the uh, wellness policy. It could be a multitude of factors. Um, we're just we're just not sure. You know, I think Joe. I mean, because if it's weed, weed is one thing where they just give him a fine. You know, yeah, that's because I was I was looking through the wellness policy as far as like what's considered a banned substance is what what do they test for? I didn't see anything in there as far as as far as weed goes, as far as like uh, synthetic weed, yes, I seen that um, in there. They they do test for that, and that if you fail the violation, then you would get fined. But I don't know why people would be smoking synthetic weed to begin with. Yeah, but Ev- nothing about actual C. C. Evan Bourne. Yeah, I, nothing about actual weed though. Like I mean, I couldn't really find anything. Or my assumption is probably I've, the same as banned substance. I've been found that. Weed is a finable offense, not a suspendable offense. Right. It, I th- I think it's that's from what we've learned so far. So people will just smoke, and if I get tested and I fail, it'll pay the, the fine. The infamous weed tax. Um, but I I think I think it comes. I think it's another one of those Andrade. You know, I didn't. I couldn't make it by the time they needed me to. I was you know on vacation, or you know, he's dealing with it with the injury as well. If you're on a leave of absence, you should be excluded from the drug test. Yes, and I think that's what happened. Uh, but let's let's go home, brother. Yeah, I think it's time to go home. Thank you so much for joining us, downloading, subscribing, telling your friends, telling your neighbors, telling your friends' neighbors. We'll be back next week. We promise uh, with a, with the the fallout of AEW and kind of just to see where we're at going into Elimination Chamber because there's apparently we're we're down a road that we can't turn back from, guys. So we'll be back with all our opinions and news and. Reviews. You could say we're on the fast lane of WrestleMania. <laughs> Remember fast lane? Oh Jesus! But yeah, we'll be back next week, guys. And don't forget, we are the new, 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 new World Order Professional Podcasting, and we will see you next week. <laughs>